Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Tech Mobility Show, formerly known as Roadworthy Drive. Did you know that 15 states have more than one time zone? <laughs> yeah, me either. No doubt you knew about quirky Indiana and how Arizona doesn't change. It just have the same. But I bet you didn't know that about the other 13 or how this system of time zones have come to be. Being a transportation mobility show, guess what? It had to do with transportation. In order to learn that, you got to go back. Most people would say to 1883, but actually got to go back to 1853. But more about that in a minute. Before the establishment of time zones in 1883, and that was by the railroads, there were over 144 local times in North America. And due to this lack of time standardization, schedules on the same railroad tracks could not be coordinated, resulting in collisions, as the railroad industry made traveling and time brutally important because they had time schedules. The major railroad companies, as a result, began to operate on a coordinated system of four time zones starting in 1883. That was then. How did they get there? Well, you know, if you extra points, if you're nerding out on time and you understand where this came from, it actually had to do with a specific railroad accident on August 12, 1853, some 30 years before that, and it happened actually on a railroad I know well. It happened south of the city I was born in, Worcester, Massachusetts, and it was on the Providence and Worcester Railroad. Both basically it boiled down to this. Southbound train, northbound train. They had a deal where one would take the siding and, according to their watch, wait five minutes and it should be clear the other train should have went by and they go down to tracks because it's a single line. However, the northbound conductor was late and was using a watch that was not coordinated with the southbound conductor's watch. So he was running fast to make up time. The southbound engineer did his thing, was on time, come out of that siding, came around a blind curve and met him head on. Killed 14 people. That was one accident of 12 that happened that year. And this collision became the last straw that spurred government officials and railroad companies to use precise timepieces and implement procedures to eliminate timing errors. Of course, being, and then it would take the railroad companies 30 years. On top of that, it would take the federal government of the United States another 35 years. You might have heard of, and if not, I'm going to tell you about it, it's called the Standard Time Act of, of 1918. And the Standard Time Act of that year uh, standardized time zones in the United States with the four in the contiguous lower 48. Now, at the time when this was started, Alaska would have four time zones. It got down to two, but you know how long it took them to get down to two time zones? 1983. Yeah. Also, for those of y'all that have a love-hate relationship with daylight savings time, well, let me tell you about that. Um, and I'm sorry, that was the Standard Time Act of 1918. Um, they passed daylight savings time as part of that bill in 1918. People had such a fit about it, <laughs> they repealed it the next year. So you, this thing you're hearing about now where everybody's still up in arms about it, yeah, now. Nah. Now, but why are we still dealing with it? Yeah, you owe the federal government for that too. It's the, and I'm going to get to it, there was another federal act, uh, actually much later, 
and it was the uh, Uniform Time Act, 1966. And the Uniform Time Act became law April 13th, 1966, and it mandated that daylight savings time begin nationwide on the last Sunday in April and end on the last Sunday in October, effective in 1967. And we've been kind of grappling with that. But as usual, there are caveats. For example, any state that wanted to be exempt from, and they call it DST, could do so by passing a state law, provided that it exempted the entire state. In Alaska, Arizona, Hawaii, Indiana, and Michigan chose to do so. However, Alaska, Indiana, and Michigan subsequently chose to embrace it. The law was amended in 1972 to permit states that straddle the time zone boundary to exempt the entire area of the state lying in one time zone. And, of course, Indiana chose to exempt the portion of the state lying in the eastern time zone, and they lost that exemption in 2006. And then there's some fun stuff. Oh, one fun fact about Arizona. Now, typically, they're a mountain time and don't change, <laughs> unless it's mountain time or mountain standard time, which are two different times, which are in the mountain time zone. And it depends where you are in Arizona, so it's not nearly as clear-cut and dry as you think. But I go on <laughs> because it's not over. Let me tell you something. Did you know that in the last 20 years, 15 counties in the United States have changed their time zone? Time zone uh, specification has been boiling for years in counties, and it's literally county by county. Economic reasons, socioeconomic reasons, why they may petition to change. Uh, in case of one state, you've got a town on the eastern edge of one time zone dealing business maybe across a river, across a bridge, across a, a, a state line with another town which may be on a earlier time zone. They would probably petition the government to make the change because, to tie their economic fortunes together and make it make more sense. If you're in the Chicagoland area, it's real fun because they usually, depending where you are, will quote either Michiana time or Chicago time or wherever you're at. It gets real interesting. But anyway, back to the states. This continues to be an issue, particularly in Indiana, because you've got counties here and counties there. They might be eastern. They might be central. They may change. They may not. They may petition the government to make the change. Usually the government will entertain a change if it's tied to some socioeconomic reason. Although there are times they will deny it. Fun fact, did you realize that in the original 1918 federal law, they misidentified southern Idaho? So it was actually on the wrong time. And it took, although they fixed it unofficially, it took the federal government maybe 70, 80 years to actually codify those changes. Yeah, standard time. So let's talk about the states that uh, have it. But before I do that, now, I said four time zones. Technically, in the United States, that's not accurate. The t United States is actually divided into six time zones. Hawaii Aleutian time, Alaska time, Pacific time, mountain time, central time, and eastern time. Now you know. Alaska used to have four time zones. It was 1983 when the government consolidated those to two, 
Hawaii Aleutian time, which applies to the westernmost Aleutian Islands, and Alaska time for the rest of the state. I'm not even going to deal with Arizona because Arizona uh, has different renditions of Mountain Standard Time. But some states you may not realize. Florida, the panhandle's on central. The rest of the state's on eastern. Kansas, and I know this for a fact, extreme western Kansas would end up being on mountain time, as the same case in Nebraska. State you may not realize, Kentucky, central time and eastern time, although 60% of Kentucky observes eastern time. Michigan, the UP, central time, the, the, what they call the, the thumb and hand, eastern time. Didn't know that. North Dakota, South Dakota. North Dakota has extreme state, extreme western counties at mountain time, and in South Dakota, it's down the middle. We are the Tech Mobility Show. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Kent Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. These days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out. Be sure to follow us. Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information. 